Many strange things happen around here. There is a tale. It was a night like tonight, many years ago. There is a legend. If you say his name above a whisper, he'll get you. There is a warning. On certain nights, when the moon is full, he's out there stalking in the woods. There is a madman. His name is Mars. Mad Man Mars. Mars! Mad Man Mars! Here we are! Come and get us, Mad Man! Don't you realize you're fooling with things beyond your control? Episode of the Brooklyn Blast Furnace podcast. We're in like the mid two hundreds. Um, with my friend over here, who you you probably don't remember me, you know, in person, but we met at in Chiller, Chiller, right? At Chiller, when was that? Two thousand seventeen, something like that. Yeah, my mind doesn't do good for years back, but yeah, that's yeah, it's right. like around seventeen. Um, my friend over here, Gary Sales, who is uh, a man of of many. Uh, talents um in the film industry i guess we could just encompass everything under the umbrella and just maybe just call you a film worker because there's so much that you've done um i mean second unit director or assistant director producer production manager cinematographer writer i mean in charge of soundtracks i mean you've done the whole you pretty much ran the whole gambit I would say no. Well, there's probably a lot more to the gambit, but uh, oh yeah. Well, I'm just I'm just scratching the surface. Independent filmmakers do lots of things. A lot of a lot of people do stuff. They do every job on the set or whatever. Maybe half the time you have to do those jobs, right? When you're when you're working on lower budget stuff. Anyway, yeah. Anyway, well, go, yeah. All right. No, Sounds good. Yeah, man. Um, I mean, just I mean, I definitely want to talk to you um about Madman, but I mean. I mean, the girl on the train, I mean, you did, uh, did stuff on Harriet the Spy. I mean, just, I didn't realize, and then I dug into your IMDb, and you worked on that movie Just Cause, which is an incredible yeah, freaking movie. Yeah, yeah, that was big fun. Oh, my God, with Sean Connery, rest in peace, and, and Lawrence Fishburne. How was it working with that guy? Sean Connery, I mean, absolute legend, like legit movie star. Uh, uh, absolutely. I, to be honest, the kind of work I was doing was mostly second unit there. So I didn't get to see Sean that much. Ah. Um, so I, I, uh, I worked with other, you know, we would, we were shooting boats and explosions and, and every kind of thing you could think of. Uh, I mean, the explosions there were, uh, were pretty uh, crazy in that movie as well. But uh, 
Well, I'm also thinking of the other movie, which uh, with with Cindy Crawford. Fair game. Yeah, that's Cindy that Crawford and Richard, was it Richard Gere, right? No, it was uh, Billy Baldwin. Billy Baldwin, really? Why did I think yeah. it was Richard Gere? Uh, I don't know. I think. <laughs> I don't know either. The, yeah, no, it was definitely Billy Baldwin. Okay. I remember because we we jumped him out of a running Cadillac convertible into the into a sidecar of a train. And we just stuck man did the jump. And yeah. then as soon as as soon as he left the Cadillac thing, it ran right into a big stanchion that was there and exploded. So it was a bitch and stunt. Wow. That's <laughs> that awesome, a, man. Yeah, that was a that was fun. Uh you work with railroads though, they drive you crazy. Sit, talk about safety. I mean, these days and these days there's trouble. You know, we see the kind of things that anything can happen. But when you go around a railroad, the federal government sends in the railroad guys and they come and they school you. You go through two, you know, two, three, four, two hour sessions learning railroad protocol so you don't lose your fucking foot. Yeah, man. <laughs> it's easy to think things are all so cool. It's moving kind of slow, lumbering along. But, you know. Yeah, you don't want, you don't well, want, you don't want somebody limping around without a foot. Yeah, and you don't want to get in the way of any of that stuff. And you know, we're trying to do stupid shit with it too. And uh, so, yeah, uh, you know, there's a whole fight scene in there on the moving, on the moving uh, sidecar, whatever the fuck they call. It. Anyway, so yeah. yeah, there was those. Those were fun kind of movies, doing big action stuff. Uh, Just Cause and that was, you know, uh, were great. I mean, Joel Silver's a madman. And so, you know, the stuff yeah. that he does is is big. Yeah. And a lot of, I, I have to dig up one of my old, back in the day, I think it was probably mini DV, little DVDs or something like that. I was throwing it. I, I left the high eight millimeter world, high eight, and I moved into little mini DV or whatever the hell it is. Uh-huh. And so whenever I was out, it was so small. Oh, okay. I mean, compared to now, it's not even small, but it was small. It was like, okay, take the thing on the camera car, 44 cars on a, on an airport tarmac that would turn into a two-way street with a, 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 a whatchamacallit, a tow truck, his tow truck that's in the whole movie towing this car that he's in and it's all on fire. She's in there driving the other guy and he's climbing from the car to the thing to fight with the guy. And this is all going on. And, uh, you know, chaos. Just organized chaos, uh, organized chaos. Yeah. But that's the place where, man, you got to really, uh, step on the safety curve, you know, and make sure everybody's on the same place and everybody wants to move. This is all these cameras waiting to go and everybody's, you know, but Joel's cool. He's, he knows what's going on. All he wanted to do was ride the camera car. Last minute, I had to put somebody else <laughs> off the camera car so he could ride the camera car. He's, nice. uh, I, I was a privilege. I'm happy to have it happen. So, oh, so, of course, yeah. man. Yeah, you, you have an extensive IMDb. And now, I don't know, you, well, you probably, unless IMDb is incorrect or Wikipedia or one or the other, you, you can't trust Wikipedia anyway, but... Right now we're recording, what's today? Today's the 30th, right? Tomorrow is New Year's Eve. This is podcast time. But Saturday is New Year's Day. And if IMDB is correct, Saturday will be 40 years to the day that Madman was released in theaters. You're actually pretty right because Madman broke on New Year's Day of, uh, I guess 82. you said 40 years, but 82. That makes, in New York. Yes. That was like the biggest thrill for us. 
because back then, I mean, you're old enough from what you're telling me, I think, to remember the big theaters of Manhattan, of Broadway, the Rialto. Yes. Okay. Well, I was a little too young to actually be aware of what was going on in Manhattan because the reason why this is so cool for me to be talking with you is because I told you this at Chiller too. The reason why is because I was six years old <laughs> and it was my first horror movie I ever right. saw in the theater. Right. And I was alone. Oh my God. Times were different. My parents were cool. My parents were cool. And I was like, they let you go. They let me go. Yeah. As long as I can give the give the woman like a dollar or however much it was, you can go in. That's cool. Yeah, man. So I went there and that was the first horror movie that I saw. I was six. I had turned six the September before. So I was like a fresh six. You know what I mean? And um I don't know exactly what turned me on to horror movies or whatever, but I was watching, I, it was probably the TV movie for Helter Skelter, I think. And even though it's like true crime, I was, there was something about- that like was, I, that was, Anything with him is sick. <laughs> yeah, so I'm like this little kid and I remember seeing like the TV guide and it's like the, the whole front, you know, a whole page and it's like this crazy looking hippie guy. And it's just like the crime of the century. And I was like, something about this. I don't know. Like, I'm interested. I need to see this. And I watched and, it. And you were how old, you said? Five or six. Okay. <laughs> yeah. I don't know, man. I don't know. And maybe it's weird because maybe it's some weird cosmic shit. Because the day I was born, I was born September 5th, 75. The exact same day that Squeaky From pulled the gun on Gerald Ford. <laughs> so maybe it's some weird I don't know man I don't know do you but, do podcasts what's that do you listen to podcasts I do I well, well this is a majority podcast uh, a friend of mine wrote one he's passed he was the director actually of uh, Girl on the Train Larry Brand okay he did one and narrated a lot of it um called um of course it just dumped out of my head like an idiot um Oh, young Charlie, young Charlie. Oh boy. Okay. Okay. Yeah. Hunt that down. It's a bunch of few episodes. Uh, we had, uh, what's his name? Um, um, from girl on the train who played the detective, uh, Steve, uh, Steve, 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 uh, Parsons. No, the, from avatar. Hmm. Oh. Who plays? Who plays? I know who you're talking about, Colonel Clink or whatever his name. Not Clink, <laughs> but uh, the, the the mean Colonel on that one. Anyway, I don't know. I don't know why I did whole movies with him already. I don't know why his name's not coming to. It, it'll come to me in a second. I'm in that uh, between Christmas and New Year's mode. I hear you. I, uh, you know, I know Rainy you. Rainy California. Oh well, that's like you know. There's no Hotel <laughs> California here. You know what I mean? It's just yeah. the whole. It's even the locals are, are thrown off by it. They don't. They don't get it. But hey. It's all good. I don't really want to go anywhere right now anyway with the way COVID is. We've been jumping around through my family because there's three generations of people here. Right. And all of a sudden I found out that somebody that I had dinner with my daughter 
And then the next day, two days later, we were all sitting around them dinner here, two babies, a pregnant person, a 95 year old, the whole group. Jesus. And, and my, my daughter texts me and says, uh Oh, we, somebody we had dinner with on Monday just got to me and told me that they tested positive and my boyfriend's feeling a little blah, blah. So they went in next, you know, he's positive. So all of a sudden I just come back from dinner from there. I'm getting up quietly from the table and, uh-huh. out. and, and, and I had a boogie the next morning. My wife was in Newport. Or, so I went, I just went to the timeshare with her there. Thank God. Yeah. She didn't really, she didn't really want me there, but she right. accepted me. Right. She, she wanted some, she wanted some alone time, but under those conditions, it, right. it, it, it was fair. Anyway, so all of that's going on and I'm just, uh, you know, trying to keep up with everything. Yeah. Madman has, it's interesting. Um, like I joke around if Madman was a car, we could put a vintage plate on him now. Oh, absolutely. <laughs> absolutely. Yeah. And, and yeah, yeah, it's also like I was so familiar growing up and, you know, I'm, I'm 46. So growing up, you know, as a kid in the in the early 80s and into the 80s and the, and the whole slasher thing and, you know, mom and pop VHS, you know, rental stores yeah. and all that stuff. So I was like in the thick of it and I've seen like every one of them. And even if they're terrible, well, it doesn't matter. Like the artwork on the box is cool. I'm renting it. and. And I was just, I'm just always loved horror. And then I, I became aware of all of the horror conventions and stuff like that. But I started going super late. And my friend, Mike Scandato, who's a huge horror fan as well, was well aware that I was a huge Madman fan because that was nostalgic uh-huh. for me and all that. So he calls me up and he's like, yo, man, Paul Ellers is going to be a chiller. I'm like, ah, yes, no shit. So I'm like, all right. So that was the first, the first person. It was it's weird because it's the first horror movie I ever saw at a theater. The first convention I ever went to was that convention, and the first person I went up to was Paul to meet him. And I was hoping, you know, that how they say, you know, you never meet your idols or whatever, you know, with your heroes. But he couldn't have been nicer, you know. Oh, Paul and you to meet with fans. Yeah, and then you were there, and and Harriet Bass was there, and and uh. Dippy was there, and, and I was yeah. just like, "Like this is awesome!" Like I didn't, I didn't think that all of you were going to be there. I just went to meet Man Man. No, I think you Jimmy, know. Jimmy was Jimmy not there that time. I don't think he made it. Uh, was the, 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 the Richie character? No, he had a a class reunion that he couldn't get out of. Yeah, or some shit like that. But uh, but uh, you're in touch with him now. Like you told me, right? No, I was. Tom. I'm in touch with Tom. Tom, that's Richie. Tom yeah, Kendall. Rich. Yes, he was not there Where, that day. No. Um, no, you know what I was thinking? I was thinking TP. I'm thinking Tony. Oh, TP's actually left the left for a different realm. Yes. He's yeah. been away for a while, but life is good where Tony is. No COVID. Right. Um, hey, hey, where, where, where are you in the bar? Where you're in Brooklyn, right? I'm in Brooklyn. I'm in Bay Ridge. In Bay Ridge? Yeah. Yeah. Where, where are you originally from? You're originally a New Yorker, no? I was born in East New York. Nice. I was born in Brooklyn. I was born at what was Bethel Hospital then. Now it's. Uh, the Brown, the hospital, the Brooklyn, whatever it is there, the main hospital there in Brownsville area, whatever. Okay. I grew up there till I was 13 and then I moved to Queens. Yeah. Checked out a different world. Yeah. It's weird, right? How the boroughs, like Brooklyn, Queens, are completely different streets are laid out, completely different. It's- oh yeah. They're, you know, they have a different, different flavors to them. You know, they're very similar. If you really look at them from 30,000 feet, they got little groups of ethnicities all over the place. Sure. But, you know, city's changing fast. Yeah. Manhattan is rock and rolling. 
Um, I live in Harlem. Harlem's going through all kinds of craziness. Oh, yeah. I work, I work on 45th and Vanderbilt, like three blocks from Times Square. So I oh, know that. Yeah. So it's it's I work right across the street from the MetLife building, right down the block from the main entrance to Grand Central Terminal. And uh, it's 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 starting to die down again. But like when the original lockdowns were happening, when COVID first hit, it was. Fucking surreal, man. It was oh, in terms of the, the lack of bodies. Dude, I'm walking. I was walking down 45th Street and Vanderbilt all the way down into the heart of Times Square on the double yellow line on like a Wednesday at like five o'clock in the afternoon, like rush hour. There was one time I had to look behind me to let one taxi cab go past. I was in the middle of Times Square and within my whole circumference, however, however far I could see. If there was eight people in my vision, it was a lot. It was yeah. surreal. It was like the beginning of the movie Vanilla Sky. I don't know if you remember. Uh, yeah. When Tom Cruise goes in there and there's nobody there, they actually shut down Times Square for like eight hours to film that scene. When there was no one there, it was just like that. Yeah, it, it, it was pretty spooky. I ventured out a couple of times and found it... Uh, very unusual. I used to go to Central. I did a lot of Central Park there because I'm near Central Park. So I'd go check that out, which is typically not something you would notice as being particularly busy. But a Saturday, Sunday in Central Park on a beautiful is, day is, is a zoo. There were a lot of days when it wasn't too packed. And then again, there's a lot of homeless that way. So people are out no matter what. Sure. But, uh, it's been crazy times and making for some interesting uh, things to watch. Oh, <laughs> sure. Yeah, yeah just at least. least. Very, very, very yeah. crazy. Well, there are more dystopian movies being released than I think uh, for a, in a long, long time. Yeah, well, uh, filmmakers and, and people in the industry definitely have content. That's for sure. They have what? Context or content? Content. You know, uh, oh, yeah. Well, well, what you have is that what you have is a is another seminal shift in distribution. You yeah. grew up in the '80s when you were talking about that. That was a seminal shift. Because Madman came into being right as VHS just edged out Betamax. Yeah. I had both in the day. I actually liked the beta better. It was a better quality. Everybody liked it better. But yeah. somehow Panasonic outdid him in the marketplace. Yeah. I didn't have one, but my next door neighbor did. So, but I watched Betamax. I didn't have one. I had a VCR. I have one VHS copy of Madman on Betamax. Really? Uh, yeah, because, yeah, because at that time, they didn't know which way to go. <laughs> you know, so yeah. do you it, still it, have it? Yeah, yeah. It must be worth it. You know, it's probably worth something. Oh, 100%. I mean, you know, I I have all the VHSs, all the various incarnations is pretty much uh along those lines. Uh but uh no, but that oh, was an so interesting time. Of them, right? What? All the various all the various madman VHS tapes, a lot of them, right? Well, you know, when you have a picture <laughs> for 40 years or any project that Especially this, you know, I mean, this is I hardly put in as much as a lot of them do. You know, you go to the major ones and it's like every year there's a new Christmas release and a new you yeah. know, Halloween release and all that kind of stuff. <laughs> so it's merchandising is a big deal out there for this business, especially for horror. But VHS was an interesting turn because that was the first point. I mean, I had I used to have a Panas I had Sony Portapack, which was a black and white reel to reel box that weighed about 14 pounds that you could weigh on your shoulder or run a little cable to the camera 
which is about six, eight pounds. And you could shoot black and white video. Yeah. Well, I was doing for a while, but then along came all this, all this new stuff when they brought out the uh, cassettes and the, uh, uh, the VHS. Suddenly the random access to the stuff, that's when it went off the, off the charts because anybody could go out and record their own shit off the, off that stuff. Yeah. It just amped it up another level. And at your age, that was also uh, playlists. Yeah. The video, the audio cassette as well. Suddenly everybody was able to fashion their own customized thematic shit and all that. So people got really uh, hype on it all. They found their places on how to do stuff. It was great. Yeah. You know, I I just read about, two guys uh, that had done a thematic playlists on Spotify. So for birthdays, weddings, funerals, breakups, or any theme you can come up with. And they cranked it hard enough. Now they're, they're pulling in about 3,200 a month Wow! on people just, you know, using their thing to find stuff that fits what they're looking for. I mean, it's, sure. it's pretty crazy, but the same thing's happening with the movie business. Horror, there's so much different, you know, it's, you know, I was talking to a an agent the other day about working Madman with the you know, and it's like he loves everything about it, but it's all of this stuff of they're all looking for that special little weird ass twist, you know, right. something to hype everybody up, you know, uh, and you know that, that maybe for another movie that's brand new, but Madman sort of has a, a place, sure. and I'm not really that eager you know i don't think it's that necessary it's like you know this is the kind of thing you're coming to see you're going to see a a camp woods movie yeah you know and and it's it's not going to be like some of the hipper smarter shit that's taking place when they they throw some bone at you you know that you got to figure out or whatever yeah um you know the only mystery is who who might survive and how are people going to go down exactly you know (laughs) you know (laughs) that's what's fun about it it's just fun shit yeah, yeah, it is. I mean, you know, there's a, there's a wide range of where you can go. I mean, you know, Wes Craven proved it can go certain places and other guys proved it could go other places. Right now, it's wide open world out there. I mean, yeah. there's so much interesting content when you talk about that, because what I've always say, this is the this is where uh, when rock and roll entered music in the 50s into the 60s and then into the 70s and you started getting garage bands and people could do their own shit that really put that into a whole different spin this is where the movie the movie business is in the world of rock and roll now there are garage movie makers people are making everything you got tiktok you got 30 seconds 20 so it's a very interesting time right now um and it's way uh you know, there's lots of fun. I mean, there's yeah. tons of, I mean, there are all these streaming companies. I mean, this has changed the nature of the beast. Of course. You know, you hardly, and, and it's made it much more affordable. I used to fucking have to shell out 15, 20 bucks for a goddamn album. Yeah, yeah. Hell yeah. You know what I mean? It's like, uh, this is, it's turned around the other way now. Now you get it almost for free to yeah. some degree. But that yeah. it's interesting because it does affect you know, I, 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 there's a sense of throwawayness to stuff because things move through the system so fast. Absolutely. You know, so, I, talk, uh, I, I talk about that kind of often when it comes to like music and stuff, how it's like now I feel like that. I feel like the old man, like get off my lawn type shit. But it's like like my daughter, I have a 12 year old daughter. She knows nothing 
about not even cassette tapes, but like vinyl records and stuff like that. And right. everything is on her phone. It's like, oh, I don't like that. Boom, boom, boom. But like somebody like me and yourself who word of mouth or like a thank you list on some band or whatever. And it's like, oh, like I want to check out this band. And you would take a, it would, it would be a gamble. Like I would use like my allowance that my parents would give me whatever it was a week and spend like all of that on a gamble on an album or something that just had cool artwork or something like that. And then it was like a whole, right. It was like a whole thing. I would take it. I would unwrap it. I would go in my room. I'd close the door. I'd put it on the record player. I'd read the lyrics. I'd look at artwork. So it would be like this whole experience and you worked for that and you went out for it. So there's more of a connection to it. Now it's just like, eh, whatever, 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 whatever. And it kind of takes away from it from my perspective, you know what I mean? It, it's, it's hard. I get it. It's hard. It's hard to keep things precious yeah. in that manner that you do it because they it's, it's the industrial revolution again, all of a sudden it's not two ladies making a sweater over a week. It's two ladies making 10,000 sweaters over two days. Yes. And so it's a whole other, uh, it, it changes the nature of the object that comes out sure. the door. You know, and it's crazy. Digital is craziness. I mean, what it's done for anything that you can put onto a bits and, you know, ones and zeros, it's completely uh, reproducible and adjustable. And we see the special effects what people are doing with the non-ending layering. I got a great, uh, somebody sent me a great thing of uh, Keanu Reeves in the motorcycle scene. Huh. In uh, a motorcycle chase in uh, one of the, uh, this, you know, in, in one of the- uh, what's John it? Wick movies or something? Yeah, yeah, yeah. They're through okay. a tunnel and it's just absolutely fucking insanity. Yeah. And uh, so they sent the pieces of the, of the uh, what the VFX guys were using the pieces. So I saw the raw pieces with the green screens and where they really were and how they were pulling off things, you know? Yeah. Pushing them off the bike with a green stick and then uh, crazy shit. He does wow. a lot of it. He does supposedly do his own stunts. Wow. He like he likes to do his own Nothing stuff. Nothing but good stuff about Keanu Reeves like in real life. I heard that he's like a great good like a great guy. He gets he does get big rave reviews for being a real normal human being. Yeah, like a normal like, you know, I hear he'll be like, like on the train in New York. Exactly. Right? I, I that's part of his press and he he's nice, to, you know, good with his crew and he's good with people. He listens, he doesn't live big. Yeah, whatever, man. I mean, I'm waiting for the Matrix now. That's really like I, was, yeah, I started to. I took a peek yesterday night. Okay. Uh, my, my wife wanted to watch something else or whatever. Then I, we ended up watching, which I really wanted to watch also. Uh, uh, Don't look up. I heard all about it. I haven't seen it yet. If if you've got any sensibility for what is wrong in the world right now, what we're all complaining about, we can't quite get a handle on it because it's just a little out of our grasp. Uh-huh. It's pretty much lays in the case, makes the case for that. Awesome. It's pretty yeah. nuts. I heard about that too. I gotta yeah, yeah. check it out. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. And it's you know, these days you, you gotta watch out. Is that a series or is that a movie? Because right. oh, what am I getting invested in here? You know? Of course. Yeah, there's so <laughs> and, much out there. And oh my God, there's there's very good things out there, and you can't tell by the titles. You can't. I mean, I, I resisted Squid, Squid Game for a, 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 the longest time. So did I. And I, re, and I resisted Ted Lasso for the longest time. I never seen. I never watched it. Oh, oh Squid you, Game you because my you daughter must. was pressuring me. I was getting pressured by my twelve year old kid. No, it's a necessity to go into twenty two. You need to see it. It just will make you feel better about the world that it's right. possible. Right. That's all. That's yeah. all. That that's simple. Um, but uh, yeah, so I don't know. You know, we didn't um, 
madman is out there everywhere. Yeah. So you, you had mentioned you had mentioned before that you know you ran running around, you were able to shoot, you know, black and white stuff, and that's what you originally started doing. How much how like how much stuff did you do before you started getting your toes wet with Madman? When you say black and white stuff, oh, you're referring early movie making? No, early to what you were saying that you had your 14 pound thing and you were able to, you know. Oh, oh, I did what I used to do. I would I would I, I shot some bands. Okay. OK, early days before anybody was doing any shit like that, it would just be a solo camera. I didn't you know, I wouldn't let it sit still. I would chase it around and get in close. And, you know, I had some fun. Yeah, um, I did some people help some people out with their doctoral dissertations. OK, they, somebody did something that they needed to show their musical stuff that they were going to do. So I shot that. I did a couple of weddings. Nice. Uh, I did one of my friends got married on Christmas fucking day. So I did it on, on Christmas Day. I mean, the day. worst day to get married. Like, are you kidding me? He, he He's that, you know. Well, they did 38 years now before they split. All right. There you <laughs> go. Three kids, all very successful. No, it is, you know. He's running around. He's running around, pick of the pick of the field. He's the old bull now, trying to figure out how to, you know, how to get into the uh, the pen there. He's right. down here in Florida. He's free. Everybody's away. He can do what he wants to do. Nice. He's he's doing well along those nice. lines. But uh, no, I mean, there's there's talk of how to get the thing, how to get Madman, you know, uh, the remake or the reboot off the ground, whatever it is. Yeah, and, uh, I definitely yeah. can talk about that because I've heard, you know, and then I know that you guys, you put it out. It's still available, I believe, on Prime and stuff like that. You did the, um, oh, yeah. you did Prime, the on Google, well, Man on, Man, and then you also did the 30-year anniversary. Yeah, yeah that's up there. Documentary, which was awesome. And I, I do this thing. Um, actually, see, it says Delta Bravo here. Uh-huh. And this is the New Orleans chap, the Nola. But okay, a friend of mine. It's 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 you've heard of the the the, the hip hop group House of Pain, Jump Around. Okay, you know what I'm I, talking I about? don't know. I don't know their stuff. I don't know that. If you stuff. heard the song Jump Around, you'd be like, "Oh, that song! It's played in yeah. every single stadium ever." You would know, right? Uh, yeah, well, I'm sure I do. Yeah, I happen to be friends with Danny Boy. There's three guys in the group. Danny Boy is one of them. So Danny Boy wound up buying the house that the movie The Outsiders was filmed in and created the Outsiders House Museum. So I'm friends with him and he started this thing, Danny Boy, Delta Bravo. It's an urban exploration team. And it's only for fun. It's whatever you're into. It's like whatever kind of movies you're into. If it's a famous sports figure, a famous photograph, you go out to the actual location where it was filmed, no matter how it looks now, you take a picture and then you take like the screenshot or whatever, and then you lay it and superimpose it on what you took. So it's kind of like a before and after in one picture. Of, you know the, of the current time and the past. Time. Yes. Okay. So now I do all of this stuff. And I mean, I've hit hundreds and hundreds of different places. And when I watched the documentary, somebody like me being a fan of Madman and the whole thing, when you guys found the, the rig for the noose, yep, yep. I was like a child. I'm like, holy, like that right there blew my mind. Oh, well, you, can you under you, then you understand how we felt because yeah, I said, oh, the ab- ball, well, we're there. Absolutely. Cause yeah. I remember we never wrapped it. 
I just knew in the back of my head that at some point there was a conversation of who got who, you know, did, who took the flag. You know what I mean? Did anybody take yeah. the noose? You know, yeah. oh, fuck the noose. Later, it was still it's, there. Still up, it's still up there. So I figured when we were there, I'd say, OK, let's see. Let's look around for that tree. And bang, yeah. there it was. Oh, we, we, we were chilling. It, it chilled our bones. Absolutely. You, know, you, you took it, right? Someone has it? No, we left it where it lie. Now, question. It was way up there. We didn't have the means to get up. Really? Okay, now yeah. question. Is that tree still standing? I haven't been there since that was shot. Whenever that date was, probably around 15, around there, when I brought out the Blu-ray of that, 14, 15, so six, seven years ago, I haven't been there. The whole area where Madman, the building was, and all this stuff was all flattened, except for a couple of small things. And it looked like they were preparing it for what they had done on both sides of it, which was put up six bedroom, nice million dollar homes uh. out there. OK, but they never got on the madman property. They didn't do anything. It was like a big hole or a big, you know, somebody knocked its teeth out. Really? <laughs> it was just nice. So madman Mars's house is level. Yes. yes. I hate that you just said yes. <laughs> I had to say yes. That was a funky house, man. That was really an interesting old kind of lodge type of main lodge house with a bunch of rooms and bathrooms and a kick ass hot tub in the basement. Yeah, literally was it was at least 12, 14 feet across. Wow. And that's where we shot the little or whatever. Maybe I'm over exaggerating. I was a little boy back then. But the the hot tub scene, whatever that felt like, maybe it was 10 feet across. Yeah, but, but it's big. It, but it was big enough for all of us chickens to get in there and chill, you know, and we yeah. were enjoying it in between things. Yeah. For That was very nice. No, that was a nice, it turned out to be a very nice little place to lay the company down. One place to be for 99% of the show, except for the old house. The old house where Madman's house, we found about a mile away. So that was great. And it was intact, just <laughs> like you see it, right? The dust was free. Nice. And, uh, so it had a nice, nice. Uh, yeah. Nice I, I, I remember sitting in the movie theater and I think you asked me because I told you the story of Chiller, like I said, and I think you asked me a Chiller, like, were you scared watching the movie? Oh, right. So I'll be honest. I don't know why I was never really too scared. But what 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 did stick with me? And still to this day, I watched it, I don't know how many times, and I watched it probably last week. Um, yeah. I did. Every once in a while, I was like, oh, yeah, yeah. oh, yeah. It's, it's like, it's like, oh, it's like, yeah. uh, I don't know what to put on. I put on Man Man. And then it just plays. Um, but in the beginning, the shots, along with the music of Madman's stepping through the hallway with the shot of his boots and the axe, that doom. Dude, that right there has a feel to it and it creeped me out as a six-year-old and it's still, it's probably residual nonsense, but every time I see it, it's like, it's still effective. It's still effective, that whole thing. But uh, yeah, it's yeah. crazy. And and I would that's like one place that I would love to, even, even like hopefully that there's no, nothing built there. I would love just to go there and just take pictures. And I would take like a screenshot from the movie of like, of, uh, of Richie towards the house or whatever. And then I would lay it like, right. Like on the footprint of where the house used to be. I would love to take a picture of the madman tree. And, you know, obviously like right after Richie yells and they're all about to leave the campfire, you see madman getting out of the tree. 
Like I would take a screenshot of that and superimpose it onto the tree. Now, like I want to go there bad, but I don't know exactly where it is. I don't want to be driving around some weird area in Connecticut. Well, it's not. It's actually in Long Island. I mean, I mean in Long Island. I'm just, <laughs> yeah, Long Island. Why was I thinking Connecticut? You know, because there's a lot know. of things that I've actually found in Connecticut in Long Island. That's right. But how far out on Long Island is it from Brooklyn? It's out sort of toward Riverhead. It's, in, it's right by the Hamptons, by East and West. I mean, so it's a little, it's a ways out. Oh yeah, yeah. It's it, that was always the hardest part about it, but it's reachable. Um, it was a little tiny area called Fish Cove on in the West Hampton side. Um, I think they still call it Fish Cove. If you Google Map it, it would show up. What you would see it, based on when they shot the last pictures, I don't know, and the address of which I don't know uh, off the top of my head. But Fish Cove will get you close enough to see. You know, if you look from the satellite, yeah, you might see something that would feel like, oh, I get it. That would be it. Right. But it was, um, no, it was a perfect place. I mean, I've told it before. The people that owned it were very hip, world traveling people who were who would. Uh, I'd have to say that Jim, the guy, the father, and he had his wife and and uh, you know about five kids or whatever, you know. <laughs> Uh, he was a great life surfer and he jumped into the, the wake of the little baby guru Maharaji huh. when he was coming up big time to become his business manager. Huh. So they travel with that little guy all around the world. He bought all the Rolls Royces. He oh, bought shit. the mansions. They had shit everywhere. And they did it for a bunch of a while while the kids traveled with them and got this incredible life of i mean i don't know you know i think they traveled teachers they got the money they had the money to do everything wow so and then that's where they settled in from what i understood when me and joey got by there joey baby um joe giannoni great great director um of the movie um when we got to that they had kind of come off the road with him and settled into some kind of life and Jimmy had bought that place. They were all living there and, and had land and, and ability to do stuff. So they had Indians with teepees there that were doing some new age work. They had all kinds of different other kinds of people in the realm of that kind of uh, new age thinking that was coming up big time in, in the 80s like that. So uh, that was an interesting place. And then that season was ending. So we just kind of slipped in as those people kind of slipped out. And we had you know, running the joint for much longer than I thought. Wow. <laughs> I thought it was That's awesome. Yeah, no, it was a crazy experience. We went into a night schedule. We never worked days. We, right. we, were, too, we were too young and stupid to do that. We should have done split days, right. which filmmakers would do it, you know. But yeah. we, we weren't. Well, everything in that movie is written for night. So, you, sure. you know, it has to be a real interior that doesn't have windows to be able to get away. Yeah, I mean, everything. There's no daylight whatsoever in that movie at all. Tiny little, yeah, pretty much no. Yeah. And that's interesting. The, the, the sequel is written very similar. And that's not the sequel, the reboot, the remake, the reimagining of it for, for this era. Yes. Um, is uh, pretty much uh, also all night. I, it, 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 I was thinking about it as I was doing it. You know, gee, it would be nice to have some daylight maybe. And, but there is at the very end. Okay. Dawn comes at the end. Yeah. It, okay. yeah so that, that happens. Um, no, it's in, it's a lot of fun. There's a whole mythology written about it now in the sense of rebooting it now. There's a sequel to that with the people. What's, that, what's the status on this initial reboot? 
I want I want answers. <laughs> I, I wish I could give you something solid. We're talking to a, a fairly substantial agency um, and they but they want to make adjustments. To, like I said, they this hook this thing. And it's just a question of can we agree on that? And is it right? Is it the right? You know, if, look, if somebody has the capital, then they can talk a bigger game. Right. I don't want to, you know, it gets hard when you're talking to people and they have all these ideas, but they're not ready to put down the cap. You have the money to try to create it and really make it work. I'll put my shoulder to the grindstone and we'll, we'll make it happen. Right. But not just to spin. Right. Which is often what happens, you know, sure. um, and you know, you know, so we'll see. I'm just, uh, I'm excited about the characters that are created there. They're different. It's a much more modern story. I mean, it, it, oh, look, it's a campfire tale. So sure. it's a boogeyman coming out of the dark woods. That's always going to be old, old school kind of stuff. Of course. How, how you yeah. go about it and the characters and what's going on between them and their love lives and their arguments and their sneaking around, whatever it is. Um, that's always going to be new whatever you know what we can create so that's what's created there and uh will paul make a cameo i got a place for him yeah good yeah i do have a place for a cameo for him right. there's a couple of good places for interesting people to cameo there i mean it always is in a movie like this yeah but um you know we had money we lost we had the money we lost the money we had, it's just you know covid got in the middle there it didn't help anybody yeah, out a lot of so um you know uh Clearly, they're remaking the the big the Halloweens and the you know they're, they're because that just it gets tiresome because it does it, they don't really you know it's just I don't know it just doesn't have any uh, soul anymore it doesn't you know, it, re it really doesn't it's like am I a fan of the Halloween movies I am but it's like another Halloween movie it's like I understand <laughs> you know it's a different timeline you it's a different arc and it's a different whatever and forget about this one and forget about this one you go from this one you know the original goes to 2018 to I get all that but it's like we need something fresh you know what I mean and yeah. even if it's a reboot of Madman that's like to a lot of people at least mainstream people Madman is like kind of like an obscure movie so oh absolutely you don't know. It's, it's, so it's, to take Madman, and a lot of people would probably think <laughs> in the beginning, be, be careful, Gary. Be careful. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, well, you so, got the smooth shit there. You know what I mean? No, I, I, no. This is only nicotine. Oh, okay. <laughs> yeah, no, I don't do anything no more. Party oh, okay. Cool. Um, <laughs> so, uh, but like uh, initially, like if you know when the reboot comes out, a lot of people initially will probably think that it's a brand new movie, not even a reboot. Of this oh, sure. I mean, yeah, I meet new fans all the time. Young ones that come out and they just discover it. Uh, you know, I've been, I haven't been pushing the website as much as I had been for a while. I'm busy with things, but uh, I, I need to, if I do that again, it gets more young people at Instagram as well. Facebook has kind of lost its luster, I think, for things. Like Instagram, maybe TikTok. Um, it's uh, there's definitely an audience out there of people who know it. And of course, uh, you know Joe Bob Briggs loves it. I don't know, you know Joe Bob, right? Not personally, but of course I know who. Did he you is. see the out al the album? He, the Madman, the Madman theme is on the new album that they put out last. So uh, awesome, you know. So that was fun. He's singing it and all that shit. Um, and he was always a fan of Madman from the very beginning. He, yeah, he was always a fan. So uh, 
that's cool. And there's always something going on. I mean, people are running across. If I if with a reboot gets up there, it will raise all boats, and uh, you know, people will become more familiar with the original. Yeah, and the various things. So we'll have to, you know, see when we can get that done. But money is tricky out there now, and a lot of people just want to make horror. They can crank it out very cheap. And so they just want to make it for the like lowest amount of money. And it makes it hard to, you know, you know, you can do that. I don't know how often everybody can do that. You know, I, I, I did it one or two or three. I just finished one. That's just finishing now. And the budget's so low, you just, you die making it. Right. Um, uh, but, uh, you know, and I've, and I, as we started the talk, I've worked on both ends of the spectrum. So working with a movie like just cause with a $56 million budget, yeah. you know, there's some, you get your tools, you get your people, you know, you know, and, and it's different, you know, this thing, you got to do a million, we're a million. Well, Madman is like your baby though. Madman. No, I love, no, I love it. I love it. And I got a you know, new soundtrack in, to put in there, you know, all kinds of fun. Maybe that's the Madman's, you know, really progressive soundtrack at the time, the fully sure. electronic score. Yeah. I mean, the world is caught up to us because that was analog. Mm-hmm. There was no digital yet. That was an analog score. It was a warmer and different sound. You know, now uh, it's uh, probably be a lot easier to crank the thing out, but it's a different sound. And, you know, uh, and uh, electronics is everywhere now. It's yeah. crazy. It was sure. no, nothing going on back in the day then. No digital was attached to it. Uh, I used to have to go and on the pots, on the ARP and on the Moog, I used to have to have a timer going so I could kind of keep up with what point that I actually go and turn this knob wow. from what number to what number. Huh. I did that here and there. I didn't do it all the time, but to, to get the base game going, because I was what I was working with was very uh, I didn't know what the fuck I was working. With. Right. I was just plugging shit in and learning about how to get things to, to, to sequence and do stuff. And it was way before anybody built any of this other shit. So the music would come out of the stuff that the sounds itself beating against each other. A lot of some and different tones whapping all over the place. And it was a lot of fun. But uh but then I brought Steve Herlick in there, who's a, a, a master electronic musician. And he uh, came in back in the day there and he took the themes and then ran with them to do all the electronic music in there, other than the songs that, that, that I had done. Wow. And then, uh, you know, and then, and then look, we put the soundtrack album, double vinyl, double vinyl. It's, album. Fucking, it's beautiful. It's so- I wish it was. A, I, I like a lot of it. I like the art. I wasn't happy with the final presentation of the um, it's too muted. Yeah, it's it's I would like a little more contrast in it so it pops a little bit. It's really, you know, it, it's too too subtle and it yeah. it, it, it shouldn't it. be overwhelming, but it shouldn't be that that so anyway, I'm being cranky right now. But no, I, that's fine, I get it. You know. Yeah. Um do you mind if I throw out my sponsors real quick? Yeah, go ahead, do your thing. Who are you who's spot what crazy motherfuckers are sponsoring you? <laughs> I, I support three local businesses, small businesses. Oh, I like it. I like small businesses. Oh yeah. And, and 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 the three sponsors I have, I was using way before the podcast was even like a thing. So it's not even like I'm just trying to, you know, sell yeah, you got you got a decent Bay Ridge deli there? Is that what you said? No, 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 I, I'm not sponsored by a deli. The delis are oh, far and few between now, too, man. It's a really? good time to change it. Yeah, there's only a couple really? here and there. It's not 1985 yeah. anymore. No, where I the store. Brooklyn deli, man, you have to go, you know, it's yeah. the, the local delis in the neighborhood, man. I, right. I, I, I miss that. 
Anyway, go on. Do you think? Are you a, are you a coffee guy? Sure. Yeah. All right. Well, one of the sponsors of the Brooklyn Blast Furnace podcast is a company called Dead Sled Coffee. D E A D S L E D Coffee. You can follow them on Instagram at Dead Sled Coffee. If you go to deadsledcoffee.com and you type in the promo code Brooklyn Blast, you'll get 20% off of your order and any order $60 or more is free domestic shipping. Well, what's cool about Dead Sled, and this is, this is one of the reasons why they're a sponsor, is because they're a small company, but they do officially licensed coffee blends with like huge people. Like they have a Cane Hotter, coffee blend they had a robert anglin blend they had they did a a thing officially licensed with the band kiss cypress hill skid row rob zombie bill mosley they do they have a bella lugosi blend an elvira blend it's like really cool and it's not snooty yeah it's it's awesome so did you ever see the thing that they did somebody did a ben and jerry's uh, with Madman on it. Yo, Marzy Pond Mars. Yeah, 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 yeah. Okay, it's in that zone. I get you. Yes, it's it. like Marzy Pond flavored ice cream with like chocolate axes. Yeah, and, and little ch- bits of cherry, which were like chunks of bloody It's guts. amazing. <laughs> awesome. So Dead Sled Coffee on Instagram and once again, DeadSledCoffee.com. Second, very local, and we were talking about records before, um, Generation Records, located at 210 Thompson Street in the West Village here in New York City. If you cannot make it to the actual brick and mortar spot, which they survived COVID, their doors are open, which is, I'm glad they've been around since 1992. Um, you can follow them on Instagram at Generation Records, or they have an eBay page, or you can go to generationrecords.bigcartel.com and you can order stuff online from them if you cannot make it to the actual spot. Once again, that's 210 Thompson Street in the West Village here in New York City. Last but not least, New Republic Printing for uh, screen printing, embroidery, vinyl stickers, and buttons. You follow them as well on Instagram at New Republic Printing. If you go to newrepublicprinting.net, there's a drop-down menu of any kind of brand of T-shirt, hoodies, sweatpants, uh, girls under, you know, booty shorts, whatever you want. They'll print things on there for you. Um, the awesome thing about New Republic is there's no setup fees. There are no screen fees. And if you have your order shipped to any commercial address, it's free UPS ground shipping. So you can make a thousand Madman t-shirts, Gary, and, and you can have 50 boxes delivered to your office for not a nickel more. Go figure. I love it. Yeah. I would rather it go to 50 different people. Well, yeah, it goes to your headquarters and then you distribute it worldwide. So, yeah, right. I love that, it. But Dead it's, Sled it's Coffee, Generation and Records, and New Republic Printing. New Republic Printing. And they're all in, in, your, in your hood? No. Um, uh, Dead Sled is in Jersey. New Repo- um, Generation Records is in the West Village here in Manhattan. And uh, New Republic used to be somewhere, but now he's based in Birmingham, Alabama. But I've been using Alrighty then. I've been using him for like no joke, probably about thirteen years for stuff. And yeah, well, he's the printing. No union down in Alabama. Right. Better prices. <laughs> there you go. And what's awesome is that there's no screen fees, so it's like yes. people know what that even means. It's like you get a ten color shirt, you're getting charged. 10 different, you know, for, for each screen, you're getting well, they, like, uh, uh, 
are they printing in a different way? Are they doing a digital print of different kind? And, they, or are they, they making print? They're making digital screens? All different kinds of stuff. I mean, they, they, they've upped their game so much, but they've never charged for screens ever. So, yeah. So it's like your initial order, it's like you're not going to get banged out and make nothing. So, you know, a, a shirt would, 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 with screens and everything, the shirt would cost you 20 bucks. You know what I mean? What are you going to charge? Mm -hmm. $30 for a T-shirt back, you know? But, but there's no screen fees, and it's awesome. And like I said, there's UP, free UPS ground shipping to any commercial address. It doesn't cost you a dime for shipping either. And he has a great business and never had any issues, and he's a great guy. So Cool. And his name is again? His name is Steve McCarthy. He's on Facebook. Um, okay. But you can hit him up at New Republic Printing on Instagram or on Instagram or just his, I'll send you a screenshot of his Facebook. I'll, I'll be looking for an excuse. Yeah. I'll send it to you. Yeah. He's a, he's a great guy. But like I said, I've been dealing with him for close to 15 years and he's not but aces. Good. Yeah. So I, so I support his stuff. Well, printing business is really uh, advanced along with everything else these days. Oh, 100%. It's crazy how, how much more they can do and how much easier. You know, we send them a finished fucking file. Go to work, guys. You know? Yeah, exactly. It's, a, a high resolution JPEG. I'm like, here, I give them a breakdown. I want 50 shirts, you know, and I just break it down, you know, 10 extra laws. Blah, blah. He's like, all right, he sends me a quote. I pay him, and two to yeah. three weeks later, there's boxes at my door. <laughs> it's, it's so simple. No, no, I know it, it's very easy. I, I, I use a thing for uh, I. The problem was always the minimums. I don't want to get fifty of everything, so right. I, I forget this the site right now. Um, there's a few of them. I think it's basically they'll do one offs. Yeah, they're ready to do one. You send them the file, they put it together. You get the, they give you their uh, graphics, uh, you know, uh, windows to work of with. It and you approve it. Yeah, and you put it together and off it goes and it sits there on that site or you send people there, but you yeah. can get one, two, yeah. 10, 50, you know, yeah. um, and cups, saucers, anything, you know, it's yeah. all one of those. You can yeah. turn them into anything you want. So that's awesome. Uh, just, you know, you try doing that stuff and you realize those are whole jobs that people have to do. I can't do all of that all the time. I try to get some of that done and it just, uh, it, you know, it, it takes time. Yeah. You know? What I like about that though, is they ship. Yeah. I don't have to do any shipping. Shipping and packing is a pain in the ass. It is but a pain. When, you know, this way people order something at three o'clock in the morning. These guys are shipping it. Dealing with yeah, it. it's, it's out of your hands. hands. So, you just pay them and they yeah. do all the work. Yeah. It's beautiful. But anyway, the world is turning very quickly for all this merchandise and shit, yes. you know. Um, Along with everything else. Everything's happening like this. Yeah, go go watch Don't Look Up. That'll turn your whole head around. I definitely will. It's on Netflix. Yeah, you will. Uh, it is on Netflix. Okay. Yeah, cool. I, I hunted for a while thinking it was on HBO, but it's not. Okay. Um, I thought it was on Max. No, it's on Netflix. Okay. No, they, they, they're lucky for them. They're able to still turn out. They've fooled everybody. They did. Because, I mean, they've always fooled everyone from the very beginning. Yeah, well, under he's in the mail. I remember. Yeah. But, you know, and then they were able to easily license the stuff from the studios because they didn't have the machine that, that way. If they could, they developed a great little deal, a deal going there. Yeah. And then they moved into the streaming game and just kicked everybody's ass yeah. out of the park and got even a couple of extra years of, of licensing from the majors until they, you know, they proved that it could be done. And then everybody made their own. Yeah. But they were really surprised me. Is that they have outdone Hollywood on content. They make, good, they make good shit. 
And yeah, they do. Good things. I mean, you know, they blow people away. I mean, they make a lot of shit also. But that's the nature of a big open market like this. You know, it's like the music business. There's billions of shit out there to, you know, that has to rise to the top. I heard from a friend the other day, I got a million screen, a million, a million streams. And that was good for about uh, about a grand or something like that. Right. You know, you really got it. You know, two billion, and you're talking. Uh, yeah, it's of course. It's a, it's an interesting, but people get to get their shit out there. SoundCloud is cool, and yeah. all these different things. Somebody socked me with this this site called HD Today. Okay, it's like That's a free move, free movies, all yeah. kinds of shit. Yeah, there's one. My do- my daughter looks at me because there was a specific movie she wanted to watch. I think Basketball Diaries with Leonardo DiCaprio. Oh, right. Well, that's all over the place. Yeah, yeah but that. it's hard to find. Like, it's like you can't, it's like unavailable on Prime. It's never on Netflix. So she's like, I found it. And she's like, it's called B-Flix. B-F-L-I-X. B-Flix, okay. I'm like, what is that? And then she looks at me, she goes, it's my illegal website. I'm like, okay, 12-year-old kid. Um, but I go on B-Flix and everything is there. It's crazy. A couple of pop-ups and stuff, but it's there. It's like, it's, it's right. banana. I think they're like based in like India or something like that, but... It's crazy. Everything is available somewhere. Well, you know, my my rant that gets me in trouble with people is I state that um, digital stuff is the electronic form of cancer. I won't disagree. I mean, it's just the splitting and a splitting and a splitting and a splitting with nothing to govern it. Right. Until it gets, you know, too much for itself. So it's a really, and and all of our technology is always like that. There's two edge to every tech sword. The first one makes us feel super powerful, yeah. and the second one slits our throat. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> it's just you know, my my stellar moment in movie watching, and 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 the other habit that I have, or the hobby, is just um, watching technology from the beginning of the world, you know, for the beginning of man, man's what, 70,000 years or so on the planet, yeah. really moving around. So watching how we've moved in the great moment in Kubrick's 2001. Unbelievable. When, when, the, when the monkey just throws that bone and the next thing you know, it's you're floating in space. Yeah. And, and, and it just basically states the essence of human beings, of human nature. We just, that's what we do. We just move, we invent, we explore. We get something, we figure out what to do with it. It's good for some, death for others. Right. 100%. Yeah. It's a very uh, interesting thing. But when you uh, read up on all this stuff in the history of the world, it's come out the inventions that of the tech, the minor tech, a plow. I mean, you know, but then we spent hundreds of years, thousands of years before we even got anywhere near electricity. Yeah. Yeah. Which Which is the main kahuna of it all. Without that, none of this shit works. You know, so uh, it's uh, I don't know. I get into that with that world, that rant of, yeah. of that kind of stuff. I don't know, you know, what anybody. I guess it always seemed like it was under more control. Now it doesn't seem like it's no. under control. Well, it's, well, it's, it's 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 crazy. I mean, business wise, yeah, they'll figure out the business mechanism as they move along. They'll keep, you know, and then the big guys will buy out the little guys that 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 did good. That seems to be the game. Yeah, but um. You know, and it's fun. We get to do our shit. We get to watch stuff anywhere, anytime, any place. Soon we'll get the um, 
the uh, yeah, maybe I don't we'll get holographic stuff. I don't think that uh, 3D has done anything. It hasn't yeah. made it in any way. I was hopeful. And what I was hopeful for was that directors and producers would find a way to use it as a mechanism to create drama, comedy, something to amp it up a bit. But I never saw anybody use it in a way other than maybe, of course, you know, uh, Avatar type stuff to shock and awe. Right. But it, it didn't become like part of the cinematographic craft so much, how to manage it, what to do with it to get something different that you couldn't get out of 2D, right. you know. And so it, it just never, it's not going to get, I don't even know that VR is going to jump off at the, uh, at the rate things are going. I don't know. It's hard to do, you it's know, hard. the question is, how do you do drama in that way, you know, in a comedy or any of that stuff? There'll be ways it'll, it'll come. Yeah. But right now, I mean, and I don't know, I watch a lot of TikTok these days, like a lot of people do, you know, you, you have no choice because you get sucked in and all yeah. of a sudden, you know, you've got carpal tunnel in your hand there. And then you, <laughs> yeah. But you also, look, I love it because I see a lot of things that are very fun to see how much they're going to repeat. I'm not sure. You know, I'm just, you know, that's, I, I have a feeling that the world is unlimited in that respect. Yeah. Everybody just keeps shooting. So it'll, it's happening, but it keeps me busy to some degree. I see some interesting ideas there that, you know, people could make other stuff, but are people going to want to watch longer films? Yeah, <laughs> they're, really. they're watching series. They're digging it. No, the world people, it's an addiction. It is. You know, it's also, you know, during the day, oh man, it's a sucky day. Oh, I can't get home to see that fucking episode, that next episode. Yeah. I'll, put, I'll feel so good when I put that next episode on. Yeah. You know, you're not, you're not even saying that to yourself. You just know it's like, oh, I'm going to get that drink, that joint. You know, it's going to feel good when I get there. Huh? But, but uh, <laughs> along those lines. So what, what, is, what is the Brooklyn Blast Furnace? When did you, you started this 13 years ago? Thir no, 13. No, almost, oh, oh, okay. almost, almost four years ago. Um, this would be probably episode, I don't know. 200 something you said, right? Yeah, it's like, it's going to be somewhere around in the 250 area. Um, I put them out usually every Friday at noon Eastern time, but I'll throw in like they're full episodes. Some of them are full episodes. I consider a full episode an hour or more. Um, if it's less than an hour, which we're going about an hour now, so it'll be a full episode. Um, mm -hmm. I will, I'll do a bonus episode and I'll just drop it like on a Tuesday in between episodes or, or whatever. But regardless, I always put one out every Friday consistently for almost four years. I did take off a few months ago. I took five weeks off. I was oh, still, I, recorded, I, I still record, I still recorded like one or two of them, but I just wanted to get off of my phone. I wanted to just, I just, I just want, I need to put my phone down as far as promoting it. And, and, and you know, I just, I just needed a break after two after three and a half years. I'm like, I'm taking like a month off. That's it. Mm. And, and listen, I have three sponsors. I don't make any money doing this. I do it because I love to do it. I do it because I have the right. opportunity to speak with people that I never would normally have the opportunity to speak to. Like you, we, 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 you know, talked a little shit for like 10 minutes at the convention, you know, but not an in-depth yeah. thing. You know, I do a lot of musicians. I've been doing a lot of horror lately, a lot. Um, like I did like a five part series with five, four cast members and the cinematographer for the original Texas Chainsaw Massacre. I right. did. You know, it's just another thing that I grew up watching. So I never thought I would sit and have a conversation with Daniel C. Pearl. 
the cinematographer. Oh, I love Daniel. Like, we've done some music videos together. We did the, uh, 100 music videos. It's insane. Like, like one of my favorite characters ever in movies in general is Ed Neal as the hitchhiker in the original Texas Chainsaw Massacre. Mm-hmm. I'm in here talking with him, and in my head, my mind is blown. Like, I actually have the opportunity to speak with this man because I have a podcast, yeah. you know? So I do it because I enjoy it. I don't do it for money. I have a regular job. I do it because I enjoy it. I like getting in there and creating flyers and being creative with Photoshop and doing this. And it's just fun for me. great. Yeah. Like, that's... I have no expectations. People are like, oh, you're going to blow up. And I'm like, I don't care about blowing up. I just want to have fun, <laughs> not make it feel like a job. I just want to do it because I enjoy it. I just want something to enjoy in life with no expectations or anything, just to just sit and shoot the shit. Right. And everybody you meet is all enjoying, enjoys chatting. Yeah. I mean, I'll hit up people. Zoom, Zoom blew it up for sure. That, that Zoom, Zoom I, I was always, I was always very adamant about, I wanted to be face to face, and that's it. And it was audio only face to face in person conversation. And that's how it was for a lot of episodes. And then once COVID hit, a friend of mine was like, yo, let's do like a video thing. And I, the first like 15 episodes when COVID hit that I did on zoom, I called them the isolation sessions. It was the isolation sessions, volume one, so-and-so. And then after a while, I'm like, I kind of like this Zoom thing. It's easier for everybody. I could speak to you. You're in California right now. I would be meeting yeah. people after work at like Generation Records to record downstairs. Hopefully it's not too loud in there with customers. And you know what right. I mean? So this, I'm sitting, I'm in my bedroom right now. Like you can't see yeah, I have pajama pants on. You don't know, you know? Yeah, right. I know. I know. And it's yeah. just convenient and it's just, it's, it's easier for everybody. And so at this point, it's, I, I'll do it this way from now on. I don't care. No, this whole thing has changed uh, many businesses and many people uh, to be able to uh, operate from home. I mean, it's ridiculous. All the yoga people and all the everybody's everybody's doing something and more is a coming as we move along. It's the only people who are taking on a chin are the kids that they have to learn with it. Right. Uh, You know, unless they can make it fun. You know, I mean, if you could make it enjoyable and they really spiff up the tech. So right. that you can actually be able to really have a real interaction. You know, they're heading for robot caretakers anyway soon. So a hundred percent. What it's, the hell? Yeah. You know, you, um, but have nightmares. It's like, it's, it's like you go to Boston Dynamics and you look at that stuff. It's like a Black Mirror episode. It's insane. <laughs> What's Boston Dynamics? Boston uh, Dynamics. It's, Boston Dynamics. It's a it's a robotics company. Oh, the, OK. Gotcha. Yeah, that's what. Oh, yeah. They're, they're robot videos with the hopping videos and the ones oh where they open God. the doors and shit. Uh-huh. It's scary. And that's only, they're, they're just showing us the real deep. No, they're showing you just a little, of course. And and I don't know if you've ever watched, you ever watched Black Mirror on Netflix? Sure, yeah, I pop in and out of it all the time. Oh, that, that's like a real, that's like a real horror movie, those friggin' episodes, man. And no, they're, one, they're, but they're all modern, based on modern technology and we're, what we're, getting from it and where it's going with us oh yeah you know? some of it's like we're like 10 years away from some of that stuff it's crazy if uh, less than that probably yeah it's happening yeah, all over the place i'm waiting for them to come up with uh the, the, their version of to serve man 
the old Twilight Zone one. Remember that one? I do. I do. Yeah, I mean, you're you're just in there, but that was like my killer favorite Twilight Zone. I never forget that song. That oh one. my god! And, and you know, oh, it's a cookbook. <laughs> the, last, the last fucking words of that thing is his buddy's getting on the fucking jet on the spaceship. But uh, uh, no. so, what do you do? Do you do you just drop this on whole, or do you edit down? I'm not editing nothing, my man. Oh, okay. You're just putting I, in as it is. I'm gonna put. I'll put like a little intro on top of it in the in the, sure. in the front of it, and then we just go, and then that's it. Raw. Oh, so people. Oh, okay. I don't. Yeah. I don't. I don't want to do bells and whistles and all this all sorts of crazy production. I don't know. I I like it to be just completely natural. No, it's I forget what I'm talking about. We change subjects. We go off the rails. That's my oh, motto. Change, changing subjects is my specialty. Exactly. My therapist tells me I'm tangential. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I said, I get it. You know, I, I said back in the day when we were doing those uh, uh, those up and coming uh, mind expanding medicines, um, I, I found that it eliminated the walls in my brain. It's like a big gymnasium in there. Oh, yeah. And stuff just bounces around. And, you know, we'll talk about one thing, but something comes bouncing off the wall and that'll just get right in the middle. Of the yeah. yeah, it happens to me all the time as well. You know, and yeah. we're all we're we look, we, we're just also this is the world we live in. You're watching a fucking crazy horror movie and stuff. They break for commercial and somebody's selling your Tampax. Or, it's, you know, it's crazy. <laughs> I know. <laughs> so, this is this is how we're trained. I mean, there's nothing you can do about it. Look, yeah. we're. You know, I contend that we're in the um, probably the final early parts of this century, the end of the age of humans. Uh, I have a feeling that um, we have no choice. Yeah, I don't think so. Unless we completely get rid of it. And, you know, there'll be some of that. Look, it always lately what gets into my brain is watching all the old Star Treks. I used to go, why is this? They're in this place. These guys that they're visiting, sometimes they were really uh, primitive. But a lot of times they were primitive living and looking, but technologically advanced. So they're dressing like, you know, in a whole other way. And they have all these old world kind of stuff. And it's like, um, well, you know, it's just strange, strange to see that and considering who we are these days, that we're, we're, how fast we're changing. Um, you know, we're already wearing stuff. Everybody's got nano pumps in them of some kind. Anybody with heart conditions. Oh, That's like an see. old school telephone ring. That's the only way I hear them. Let me just tell my niece. Hold on. I won't hold you hostage much longer. Hey there. Can I, what's up? I was going to call you back in a few minutes. I'm on a Zoom call. Okay. Bye. Okay. There we go. Yeah, this is my pleasure here to get out and see the family. We didn't see each other for a couple of years. Nice. So she had a baby two years ago. Now she's pregnant again, and everybody's worried about COVID. Of course. People running around, jumping away from one place to another, avoid it. But um, yeah, back to where we were there. Uh, where were we? <laughs> uh, we were, where were we? We were all over the place. We were, um, of course. We were bouncing off, and we were talking about the end of the human race. Oh yes, I was. Unless we get rid of, uh, yeah. you know, unless we get rid of it, but I don't no, know, it, man. Well, unless we fuck it up, right? Again, you got you got to watch. Don't look up. Uh, but uh, no, it's it's just seems like how do we keep up right now? All of our hard drives, both on the te- on the desk and between our ears, are overloaded. 
overloaded, a hundred percent. You know, uh, it, you know, and some, you know, I don't know, are the younger people handling it better, or they just don't bother with the uh, certain things? So they, you know, they. I think everybody just goes after whatever they need to keep themselves afloat. Yeah, and they like the younger generation, well, they know. It's like my. It's like I said, like my daughter. It's like she doesn't know. It was so funny. Like I was. I was by a phone booth on the side of the, it's still a phone, it doesn't work anymore, but there's a, a double phone booth on the side of the Bell Parkway, not far from here. And uh-huh. a couple of movies were actually filmed right there. The actual, the famous, um, from the movie Maniac, the Tom Savini head blown off. Uh, like, uh, okay. It's, it was, that was filmed right there. So I was there and I found, I'm watching the movie. I was like, I know that. That's like right down the block. I couldn't believe that that was there. And me and my daughter went there and she looked and she looked at the phone book and she was like, wow, you actually had to pay for that? Because she saw like the coin slot. I looked at her, I'm like, it was such an innocent thing, but it's just clueless because she has this device that's just, I pay the bill and it's just whatever. I was about to say, baby, we are paying for it. Let's get that straight. Right. I was like, yeah, you need to walk around with quarters in your car, in your pocket. Yeah. And hopefully it worked. Yeah. It was right. realize how mind, easy you have. Never mind the 2,700 photos you shot in the last two minutes. Ex- oh, forget. Of course. We'd have to be, can you imagine? You're going, you know, we used to go to the store for the turnaround, that whole short era of the one hour photo game. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> even something is silly that that wasn't even that long ago. The disc man. You would oh. have the disc man, but you would, I, it, that was like a whole production. I would have a backpack. I would have my disc. Man, I would have all of my CDs that I wanted to change batteries, like all this stuff. Cause the batteries would last three hours. Yep. But it was, it was like a whole thing just for listening to CDs and it would skip and, now it's like yeah. you have 25,000 songs. And like I have an old iPod. I literally have like 25,000 songs in, the, in a thing that's half the thickness of a cigarette pack. It's always a mind boggler to me. Never fails. To, and, it, yeah. and it's only going smaller. Yeah. I've been saying since the beginning, you're going to get a, 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 a earring cell phone. Oh, it's going to have all in that, you know, all this kind of stuff. Who wants to carry this shit around? Nobody. You know, just too you know, much. You just I mean, wanted, you know, <laughs> and all the wonderful stuff. Now, there's where 3D is going to come in. Something it's not 3D, a multi-dimensional thing where you see it'll project the, out the holograph. Yeah, right in front of you, and you know you can either do like this and all that shit that they did in uh, in Minority <laughs> Report. And all Minority Report. Yeah, like wiping, swiping in midair. Yeah, yeah man. Say, look, the, the, the business is changing all the digital stuff. You know, the only thing I can tell you that's interesting that doesn't really change as much. I mean, all the cameras are, are changed, sound gear, all that kind of electronic ones and zeros again, because it's binary. It's it's just uh, bits. It's bits and bytes. Yeah. But what hasn't changed are lenses. True. Lenses are atoms. Right. They don't lend themselves to the same things. They're still old industrial revolution. You can't, you know, you can't hardware do it right. and, and software do it. But th- what they are doing now, what's interesting is people are finding the old lenses and refurbishing them. The old anamorphics, their really? prized, their prized possessions. Yeah, the glass does not rot as long as you don't wear it out too much. And even then you can just re- put it in a new case and stuff. So that's a big thing now because lenses uh-huh. stay the same pretty much from camera to camera as long as you got the right mouth so that's an interesting shift in the te- you know a, a thing to recognize about the, the technology there um 
in that respect. The cameras are getting insanely good yeah. and uh, really light and small and cool. And there's all kinds of shit you can do. I mean, the stuff we see there now, you know, that's the thing you have to be careful going into a new madman. I, I, I'm more interested right now, at least I was, I, I'm constantly adjusting my feelings about it. Um, I, I want real honest to goodness uh, makeup artists and makeup sure. effects people doing the cost that work. Yeah. The visual effects. You know, I like a, most of this stuff. I think I'd like it to be live done. You know, it has to happen, you know, in camera, not, you know, while I'm shooting it, not so you are, you are practical effects, practical. Yes. But I don't, I definitely wrote a few things that are not doable practically in the manner okay. that I thought they should get done. So I think, look, I don't have any hard, fast rules. The rule is whatever it takes to tell the story the way you want to tell it. And uh, hopefully you do it in such a way that your audience digs it. Right. You know, and the more people that dig it, you know, with a little help from the, you know, ads and whatever they use. Word of mouth is the best though. Sure. I mean, I know word of mouth really counts. I have to say that, you know, if not for word of mouth, I don't think I would have done Squid Game. Right. I, don't, yeah. I, I wouldn't no, have, I wouldn't have, I wouldn't have done Ted Lasso. The name just threw me off right from the beginning. I couldn't get the idea of a lasso out of my head and I knew yeah. it, you know, but it, it's brilliant. It's brilliant. If you have, I have to it. check it out because I haven't seen it. It's a good way to go into 22. Oh, so what are you what are you expecting in 22? I have no idea. I wish that I can say something without indirectly lying to you. I have no, no fucking idea anymore, man. I yeah. don't know. Shit is changing like crazy. Um, I know that my bosses are super paranoid about this COVID thing. Next, what week, kind of what kind of business are you doing with it? Um, I'm I'm a union handyman in a 21 story commercial building. My, oh, I got you. my own, the owners of that, they're a real estate company, but they don't do like apartments. They like do skyscrapers and parking right. garages in Manhattan and big, big, big stuff. Mega, mega, mega money. Um, right. So when COVID first hit me and my boss, we would, I can never say anything bad about my actual bosses like ever, because they always looked out for us, even because it's a 24 hour building and it has to make sure that it's maintained. Um, when at the height of lockdowns, like I would go in Monday, Wednesday, Friday, my boss would go in Tuesday, Thursday, the following week, and we would swap out. But starting this Monday, I'm actually off this Monday because we're going back to that, like for a couple of weeks, because a few of the buildings that they own, a bunch of staff wound up getting COVID. So they're going to try to restrict that. But, but they, they still give us our 40 hours. They don't tell no unemployment. So they'd still take care of us. You know, they give us bonuses for coming in during the pandemic. So I can never say anything bad about them. It's actually more free time for me. I mean, I'm on call, but it's more free time for yeah. me. I'm still getting paid. Um, right. So we'll see how long that winds up lasting. I don't think it's going to last that long, maybe two weeks, if that. 21 um, stories is a lot of handyman work. It is. It is. <laughs> you know, it, is it, it commercial is. or is it residential? No, it's all commercial. It's all commercial. It's like... Um, a lot, like several of them have hardly come back. They still, they never left, but they're working remotely, but they're still paying their rent. So there's only like two floors that have left this, this whole time. Um, so I'm fortunate on that aspect. And thank God I'm quote unquote an essential worker because it's my boss is the super and then I'm right underneath him. Right. So 
So I'm kind of locked in. Plus I'm in the union and stuff like that. So I'm, I'm super fortunate like that. Um, so yeah, I mean, that's, that's what I do and it keeps me busy. That's for sure. And I love it. Like my boss is my actual, my, my boss is, is great. The owners always look out. The people I work with are great. So I really don't have a problem. No, you know? that's, no not, nothing like being attached to a, a good building in, you know, in the, in the city. Yeah. I have a friend who, who managed, you know, large buildings like that. And yeah. And my he's, kind of, my, my it's, kind it's of their company. flagship building. Like oh, they, the, okay. the owner bought, it's crazy. The owner bought that building in like the mid seventies for like $400,000 in foreclosure. It's insane. And that's where he started. And now he has buildings all over Manhattan. I mean, shopping malls in Florida. However, I'll tell you this. In the mid 70s, Uh when I moved from my parents' house in Queens into Manhattan, to the East Village. Okay. Okay. Guess how much the rent was in the first place that I got. 10th Street between 1st and 2nd. What year? 1972, 73. 125 dollars a month. Yeah, you're 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 almost you're double it. It's wow. fifty eight dollars a month. Holy shit, really? Rent. Yeah, that's crazy. So, so the city was sucking wind in the seventies for real estate. It was oh, yeah. my friends were renting three thousand square foot loss for five hundred dollars a month that are in Soho now. They're like sixteen million dollar. Places. Oh, that's- Every, everything they had not refurbished yet. They had not come out of the fact that all the manufacturing ran out of downtown there to the Long Island and stuff and left those, you know, the original places open. There was nobody else coming to take them. There was no manufacturing wanting to move into the city. People would take them over, make artists lost. That's how the whole world, that yeah. whole thing went down. It was a fun time. I'm sorry I wasn't the one of the ones who was in a good place. Could have stayed put like that. Right. <laughs> the eight a month wasn't bad. That didn't. By the time I left a few years later, it was, uh, I don't know, maybe uh, two hundred, I think. Wow. And uh, and now the building's gone. They knocked it out. It was on the Diamond Block. Oh, there it was. Oh no, no, that one was in the East Village. The next one I got was a hundred and a quarter. That was on the Diamond Block between Fifth and Sixth. On wow. 47. But the, the East Village was great because the Fillmore was still open then when I first got down there. Yeah. So I used to go to the Fillmore East all the time to see all kinds of great shit. And yeah. Everybody was quite, you know, I was working on a lot of movies, small things from R-rated sex comedies to other people's little horror films and, and doing industrials back in the day. Then. Yeah. You know, so it was a strange, uh, interesting time. Interesting time. I remember... Uh, the avant-garde festivals were going on then. They were very interesting. Yoko Ono came in and did some interesting things. Uh, you know, did you see the Beatles thing yet? I did not, but I heard awesome things about it, and I'm a huge Beatles fan. Oh, so you it, it'll the Beatles, it, it, and I definitely have to see it. Yeah, I started to watch it. You know, it's not what we expect, but then you just back off and let it do what it does. Right. And, uh, it's very fascinating what it is, if you, especially if you've read shit with the Beatles and you've got a sense for the craziness on the inside. There's always oh, craziness yeah. on the inside. Of you course. Know, but but uh, now, did your daughter, so your daughter would know who the Beatles is because... She would know who they are, but I don't think she's really too interested. <laughs> there you go. Right. She definitely you know? knows who they are. Thank God. Some of these kids, I'm like, hey, the Beatles, like, who? Like, I don't know. So my, my daughter, 
she's she's kind of hip to certain things because of me and i tell her about these things and, right cool. you know it's like oh she likes this band or this group or this singer i'm like okay well i'll tell you right now where this is from and i'll t- and she'll be like uh, i don't really hear it but i'm like this is where it all stemmed from like you should know you learn your history of what the things you like <laughs> from i try i really do i try so no it works no, somehow mean- Mine's 28 now, and so I got to look to her to find out what to listen to half the time. Oh, yeah, you know, well, yeah. she's there's a whole I can't stuff keep up with now. Her. I have no idea. So I'm like, who? She's like, oh yeah. I look, it's like, how does this person have 88 million views of this video on YouTube? I'm like, who is this? It's yeah. crazy. I know. <laughs> I, I know. I've, I've met a couple. I've done some. I've done a um, a series for a couple of guys who were web celebrities. Uh-huh. We, we kind of created some narrative story to do some shit with out in California. It was it was fun, but I mean, who are these guys? I had no idea who they were. They just have right. an awkward way of getting along, and everybody loves them. They they struck up a few forty million hits or whatever it is. You're in business, you yeah, know. Right. Uh, it's so it's, crazy. You just got to hit a certain stride, and you're good. It's so weird. Well, yeah, it's changing now. It's well, I don't know if it's changing. Some some kids just some people have some strange magic to them as to how they fit into that world i don't know yeah. what exactly it would be. i don't know what it is either but i know exactly you know, what you're talking about but i'm not sure what it is either it's just i don't think they take themselves that seriously maybe i don't know you know, <laughs> I don't know either. I, i'm not sure either it's like uh you know the world is just thrown out there in front of us now it's it's not like look it's never been like anything anybody ever lived in before you got there and did your world in your time and you know it's just a little more amped up and speedy yeah. Uh, you know, when I look at my grandmother's history, you look at your, you know, they probably were immigrants coming in, what they did to get across mm-hmm. and, and what they did to survive and keep it. It's that was their own crazy world. You know, yeah. we got this one. And uh, it's just, you know, again, it's too much of it is wagging the dog at the moment. Uh-huh. <laughs> uh-huh. We're, we're doing our best. We but, are. Um, yeah. So Very I'm kind of cool. like. Uh, I got the family awaiting on me, so I want to try to get I, over I was just going to say, I'm not going to hold you hostage any longer. Oh, that's okay. I didn't feel yeah. hostage. You, but, um, you feel free to ask anything still, but I mean, if you got something. No, I, that, listen, like, like I said, I wanted to talk a little about Man Man. I wanted to hear about the reboot and whatever else we wanted to talk about. And we covered a lot of stuff, man. But I oh, do yeah, want some TMI. <laughs> yeah, no, it's not too much information. I'm, I'm, I'm right here with you, man. Like well, I, I, find I, all I see your phone. I, I, I can, like I said, I, I, um, what's the term I used? Um, uh, I said my ther- my therapist called me tangential. Yeah, I said you, you, you keep jumping around from one thing to the other. And I'm uh, the same way, so I completely get it. <laughs> it's like talking to somebody who's channel surfing. Yeah, 100%. <laughs> same here. Sometimes I don't shut up. I'm all over the place, but it's all good. But now you have, there is, there's a, a Madman, it's Madman Mars on movie. Facebook. Madman Mars movie? On yeah, Facebook. Madman Mars movie. And then on Instagram. The real, the real Madman Mars. Okay, awesome. And then and there's the Twitter a, one. There's a Twitter one. Um, it's, um, what the fuck? <laughs> I'll check. I'll text it to you. I gotta find it. Mars. If you look up Man Man Mars with a Z at the end, it should come up. Oh, fuck. You'll find, you know, millions of hits and stuff like that of, of all kinds of shit. I mean, of lots of full out rip offs of the, uh, you know, the movie uh, there. Oh, yeah. I was trying to pull one off where the French had done it and it was a whole French dub track. 
So I said, okay, let me get my hands on this and get someone, an editor to sit down with me, throw it in there and see if I could separate their fucking soundtrack so I can make my own French version. Nice. (laughs) (laughs) Well, there is, well, my distributor, uh, you know, um, what do you call it? Um, Vinegar Syndrome. Yes. They're great. They're great. And uh, so they're working on, we may have a 4K coming out on Mad Men, which oh. is, that, 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 that's, we've been talking, that was supposed to happen. I don't know where it is right now, but okay. I think we're definitely going to do a 4K. And um, and then there's maybe going to be a French version. We shall see. Not that that would matter to most people. You know, but uh, hey, for the French, the, the, the French horror fans, they want it. Yeah, no, I like, you know, I like everybody, you know, I, I'd like, I like everybody to have a chance to see it in the language they want to see it. And that's cool with me. Absolutely. You know, look at fucking the end of any Netflix movie. There's like 50 countries worth of dubbers. Uh huh. You know, it's like they right now the world is the world. I mean, that's why you're seeing the kind of craziness with the streaming numbers. Yeah. Uh, It's the entire planet, dudes, are into this game and they're into it any time of the day or night they feel like it, you know, and um, and not the way we've always watched before. No, no, I'll watch 10 minutes. I'll come back. No, I want to watch that scene 25 times. I mean, my daughter in the first year or two of her life, by the time she was three, I saw Wizard of Oz more times than I saw it in my entire life. Oh, hell yes. You know what I mean? You know what I mean? You went hundred percent. And and they're watching. Oh no, I want to see her melt again. I want to, you know, they love, they, they find their little thing little and they run it over and over. Yeah. I didn't have that pleasure as a kid. You know, when, when the movie theater scheduled it, I got to see it. When the when ABC put it on, a million dollar movie was on, I got to see it. Yeah. That whole world has changed and that's what's made it what it is now. Um, yes. We all get that with our entertainment now and that's the cancerousness of it all is yeah. that it's unstoppable like that. And, you know, we just keep managing it as best we can. I mean, there's all we can do it and, uh, you know, we'll be... Uh, It'll be interesting to see. I mean, what where it goes. Anyway, yeah. dude. Anyway, I'll let you absolutely. Is there a Madman actual website? Uh, there's not more. Yes, um, MadmanDVD.com. I haven't been maintaining it, to awesome. it, but it has you know merch is on there and I, and some things. I haven't been doing due diligence to it, but uh, it's there and it's operating. Okay. Okay. Hey, put it out. All right, my friend. Thank you so much for your time, Gary. My pleasure. Have a very follow me on uh, follow me on Instagram at the Brooklyn Blast Furnace. So just no no spaces. The Brooklyn Blast Furnace. The Brooklyn Blast. And, Furnace. And why Blast Furnace? What does that? What drew you to that title? Is that a something I'm not aware of as a category? It is the most ridiculous reasoning ever. Um, I wish it was more involved. Um, Quick story. <laughs> I was I was at a tattoo shop with a few friends of mine, and a friend of mine was looking to buy a little kitten, and he was like, "I need to name this kitten something crazy, something completely opposite of what it is." And for some stupid reason, I was like, "You should name that thing Blast Furnace." And then everyone laughed and I don't know where it came from. And then I decided to do the podcast and I was like, I don't want it to be the Jimmy Ferrari show. I'm like, I don't know. Um, and then that popped in my head. I'm like, I don't know. How about the Brooklyn Blast Furnace? So actually, <laughs> the whole thing, we're talking about Mad Men and this and that. It all started out as a joke about naming a kitten. <laughs> oh, my God. I love it. I love it. It's a great out of ridiculousness. 
See, I'm making up my own story after listening to you describe how you see the show. It's just, okay, everything gets thrown in there and just melts down together. That's it. And that's it. It, it, it works. It works. No, <laughs> yeah, it does work. It does work. And it's it's easy and, and non uh, it's not a lot of work for you to do it. It's just a fun hangout and then off the coast. 100%. You get a lot of so how many followers do you have? On on Instagram? Like 40. On, on, who follow how many people follow this? Do you, um, what do you send out an email? Well, I put I upload this actual file, the audio file I upload to SoundCloud as my host. So once I put it to SoundCloud and make it public, it goes everywhere. iTunes, Spotify, everywhere. I'll put oh, it up on YouTube. The YouTube channel doesn't have a lot of followers, maybe like 500 and something subscribers or something like that, because I really don't promote it too much, but I like the video aspect. Um, but I've streams and downloads, it varies. I mean, the first two and a half years were like a little low, but I think like right now, like my most streamed episode with downloads and streams is somewhere in like the 30,000 mark. Oh, that's nice. Okay. And, and do people I, communicate with you regularly? Do they send yeah, you emails? Do they, oh, you get into the whole thing. Yep. On, yeah. this going out on Instagram yeah. mostly. And right. there's a Facebook group page, the Brooklyn Blast Furnace group. And there's people there. And Instagram is mostly where people message me and stuff like that about the podcast. I see. But that's see. And, and does this go out visually now? Does the Zoom go out in that? How does the Zoom go out? I'm just going to put this up raw on YouTube. Oh, okay. So it's a YouTube thing. You drop the Zoom up there as a, as a, as a movie as a or whatever. Just a, yeah, as okay. a whatever. It's a, this is going to drop in a couple of weeks. I, I'm supposed to be having Paul on. Right. Um, but he just got extensive dental work. Yeah, you told me. Is he, he must be back in New York then because he was out in L.A. for a little bit. Yeah, I think he's back in New York. So what I want to do is... I want to have, I would like to drop, not even like weekly. I would love to drop like you, Paul, Tom. And if I can get right. a hold of Harriet. I, I, I don't quite know how to get you to her. Um, I know she's on Facebook, but she's just not ever on. She hasn't been really responding. It's not her thing. Right. She has a, she actually has Harriet Bass casting. Right. That's her office. So okay. you could track her that way and try calling in in the office and see if she would do you a little thing. And, and of course there's always, you know, uh, Galen, right. But Galen is, you know, been very untouchable yes. for all this time for right. her own crazy reasons. Yeah. So, um, so listen, uh, if I, even if I have like you, Paul, yeah, no, it's Tom, great. Great. what I would do, I would put them out. Like I would drop you and then wait a day and then drop Paul and then wait a day. So it would be like three in a row, like a little series to yeah. commemorate the 40 year anniversary of the first movie I had to see in the friggin' theaters. There you go. That's great. Yes. Jimmy. Yeah, man. Jimmy's, Jimmy, that's the first one. You know what one blew my mind as a kid? I don't know if it was the first one I saw, but my parents took me into the city to Radio City Musical. And we saw uh, the Mysterians. You know that? It's an old Japanese. That. Oh, it's a Japanese. You know, check it out. It's a very famous Japanese movie with a big ass fucking orchestral soundtrack. Really? And yeah, my, you know, shit from space and fighting them all off and all that. And nice. then, so that blew my mind because, of course, Radio City was of enormous. Course. But right in that, afterwards, they still had the live orchestra and they did Bolero, Ravel's wow. Bolero, which is like, you, it doesn't get better than that for a right. live orchestral thing. With the drums, they had them all up the side, the drummers would all along the sides and the loges where people would sit normally. Oh, it was pretty cool. I, I was really? eight. That blew my mind. That blew huh. my mind. 
Very All good. Right, bro, I'm going to let you go. You got everything you need? You good? Absolutely, man. Absolutely. Okay, I'll, good. I'll let you know when this drops. And if you can, just share it on, on the Madman stuff. Uh, I want people you know, to know about you, this. Do you have a thing? Send me, send it a link to me for the I'll Facebook s- page. you have anything? Send me the I'll, shit I'll, and I'll, I'll throw it out. The, I'll send you the whole thing. When it drops, I'll send you everything. Because everything is going to be private until it gets released. And then I'll send okay. you everything. And then everything will be available. You got it down. All right, man. Happy New Year. Ha- Happy New Year, Gary. Thank you so good much talking. for your time. A pleasure. Take good care. You too. Cheers. Bye.